Mercy is compassion in action. Mercy is compassion in action. If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. The Beatitudes given by the Lord Jesus in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. As Jesus sat on the side of the mountain close to the Sea of Galilee and began to give us what we have in the Gospel of Matthew, the 5th, 6th, and 7th chapters. And Jesus gives us this message for a reason. He wants us to evaluate our faith. Is our faith just words or is there a genuineness to our faith? How relational is our faith? We evaluate the health of our spiritual life by looking at these three chapters and in particular at these opening verses of chapter 5. Now, Jesus opens as we have seen in recent weeks by speaking about our relationship with God in the first four of the Beatitudes, the second four, which we will begin to look at today, Jesus goes into specificity as to how we relate to our other human beings. What he says in the beginning Beatitudes, if we live out of that relationship with God, it will have a direct impact on our relationship with other people. In other words, the fruit of living out of the first four is reflected in the second four. And my sermon outline is containing your bulletin. I invite you, if you will, to follow along with me. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, the disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, what is mercy and what is not mercy? Well, first of all, what is not mercy? Mercy is not just going around feeling sorry for people and joining people in a glorified pity party that they are having. So when I exercise mercy, I'm not just you know having a nice sense of feeling sorry for somebody. Second, mercy is not enabling people to continue to live in life patterns that are defeating, both in their thinking and in their behavior. A lot of good folks have situations in their lives that they stay in because they have self-defeating behaviors and patterns of thinking. Mercy is not coming alongside of them and enabling them to stay in those self-defeating patterns of thinking and behavior. It is not looking at someone who is in sin or practicing a sin and saying, well, that's no big deal, you just keep on doing that, keep on living that way, keep on thinking that way. That is not mercy. Mercy is different. Mercy is compassion in action. Mercy does not hide behind excuses for why I'm not going to serve or help somebody else. In the story that we read at the beginning, the Good Samaritan, the Levite and the priest see the guy over in the ditch, but they make excuses and keep on going down the road. Mercy doesn't say, I'm too busy to bother with you. I've got more important things to do. Mercy says, you got a need, that person's got a need, I'm going to stop, I'm going to get in the ditch with that person, and I'm going to help them out. In Jude, chapter 22, excuse me, verses 22 and 23, only one chapter in Jude. Jude, verses 22 and 23. Have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy without fear, 
hating even the garment stained by the flesh. So Jude is saying for folks who struggle with doubt, have mercy on them, meet them in their doubt, walk with them through their doubt. For others, snatching them out of the fire. In other words, they're in trouble trying to snatch them out of it. To show others mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. The word garment there was a word that spoke of a garment that literally lay up against. It was an undergarment laid up against the skin, sort of like a t-shirt would. And what he's saying here is those things that are closest to a person's life, if they are staining that person's life, then you're trying to work with that person and help that person to get liberty from that and to get freedom from that. Mercy is compassion in action. And what form does that compassion take? Mercy is meeting people in their need. And key word here, patiently helping them to live out the purpose of God for their life. Let me say it again. Mercy is meeting people in need. And I can't stress this word enough, patiently. Because we got to be patient in this journey with them. And patiently helping them to live out the purpose of God for their life. Now, I want you to think about your life's journey for a moment. The people who have helped you the most, I can pretty much guarantee you have been the people who have challenged you the most. The people who have helped you the most in life, no doubt, have been the people who have also challenged you the most. They have not been willing for you to stay where you are in life, but they have patiently come alongside of your life and challenged you to become and to be what God wants you to become and to be. That is that idea of mercy. God's mercy is inexhaustible. It never gives out. Our mercy will give out. But His mercy, if we operate in it, is patient. It will not give out. In Jesus, God's mercy is poured out. Jesus brought wholeness and healing to people through His mercy because Jesus met people in their misery. He met people in the struggle of life, and He worked to deliver them from that struggle, patiently worked to deliver them from that struggle. Now, mercy always is going to involve or may demand of us forgiveness. In fact, it is impossible to have mercy on people and to hold a grudge at the same time. Now, I want you to follow what I'm trying to say here. There are folks in our lives that need our mercy, but the mercy that they need from us is the mercy of forgiveness. They may have hurt us. They may have harmed us. They may have abused us, however... But they need mercy from us in the sense that they need forgiveness that we extend to them. And when we hold grudges and bitterness against people, it is impossible for us to give mercy to them. But how in the world do you and I give mercy to somebody that we really are ticked off with, that we feel like we got a right to be ticked off with, that we do not want to forgive, and we are nurturing the grudge we're holding against them this way? We allow God to be transforming us. The transformation that the Lord wants to work in our lives is not just a transformation that is completed when the time we come to Christ. That transformation is an everyday transformation. He is transforming our lives situation by situation, person by person. And if you've got got someone in our life who needs the mercy from us of forgiveness, not holding the grudge, Allow the Lord to transform us to forgive them, to transform us to be like Jesus. And that is an ongoing daily transformation. 
The more you've been hurt and the deeper you've been hurt, the longer the transformation is going to take place. The longer it's going to be required for you and I to go through that process of transformation. And it is a process. But that is part of how we show mercy. George Washington Carver, a marvelous scientist, said these words, How far you go in life depends on you being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant of the weak and strong. Because someday in, our, in your life, you will have been all of these. Someday in your life, you will have been all of these. Now, I want us to look at mercy received in a story from the Bible and mercy rejected. First of all, mercy received. We've already looked at that story when Michael read you the parable of the Good Samaritan. And in that story, this guy is going down the road and he sees this man who's been beat up, thrown over into a ditch. And what does he do? He gets off of his donkey. He goes down in the ditch with that guy. He gets in the ditch with that guy and he begins to pour in oil and wine, which would have been types of healing medicine in that day that would have been an antiseptic and a healing agent. And he begins to put that guy back together. Then he puts that guy on his donkey and he takes him to an inn and says, here's the money, take care of him and let him stay there as long as he needs to stay there. Now, I want you to look at the guy first, the Good Samaritan. He has to cross the boundary of being a Samaritan to a Jew because Samaritans and Jews had nothing to do with each other. Samaritans were looked upon as being low-class, half-breeds. Nobody wanted to have anything to do if you were a Jew with a Samaritan. And often in giving mercy, we have to cross barriers when we give mercy. We have to go to people and we have to reach out to people and we have to be there for people and be with people that we wouldn't necessarily want to be with and want to be around. That our upbringing, our background, whatever it is in us says, stay away from that person or I'm turned off to that person. I don't want to connect with that person. But that's part of what showing mercy means is we have to cross and step over to order to reach them. Please hear me on this. We don't have to agree with what someone else says and believes themselves, and we don't have to agree with their lifestyle in order to show mercy. In fact, often the giving of mercy is what God will use to bring them to him. And so what this guy does here in this story is he goes and he reaches down and he gives him the oil, he gives him the wine as healing agents. He puts him on the donkey, he takes him and pays for him to stay in the inn as long as he needs to. I think what Jesus is trying to say there is this guy was empowered and had the power and the capacity within him to show mercy. You see, if he had just looked at the guy in the ditch and said, I don't have the capacity to bring healing to you. I don't have the capacity to take care of you. Look at all that I cannot do. But he looked at all that he had. And folks, when God brings people across our path that need mercy, he has already placed inside of us what is necessary to show the mercy. Don't look at your inadequacy to show mercy. Look at the adequacy of God who's been out ahead of you and out ahead of the situation. Place it into your life what you need in order to show the mercy to that person that needs to be shown. Now, the gentleman in the story, notice what he does. 
he receives the mercy. He lets the guy take care of him. He lets the guy put him on the donkey. He lets the guy take him to the place. He receives the mercy, and in so doing, he is healed. When you and I need mercy, we need to receive it. When you and I need mercy, we need to receive it. And there is nothing quite so much as being sense of satisfaction and fulfillment when you offer mercy to someone, when you put that compassion in action, when you live out the Good Samaritan peace and people receive it. Well, what do you do when they don't receive it? Book of Luke, chapter 23. Book of Luke, chapter 23. Let's go to the cross, beginning with verse 32. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with Jesus. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, where they crucified him, and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. There's the mercy of forgiveness to everybody that's there around the cross. And what do they do? And they cast lots to divide his garments. And those people stood by watching. But the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He is being brutally crucified. And he looks at the folks that are there that are spitting on him, crucified him, mocking him the whole bit. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He is showing them tremendous, awesome mercy. And how do they respond? They do not join hands and begin to sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. They don't look around and say, would somebody please write the Hallelujah Chorus so we can sing this. They don't say, when I survey the wondrous cross. They begin to mock him. They continue to spit at him. The soldiers begin to take bets over who's going to get his clothes. They utterly ignore and reject and repudiate and literally spit on his mercy. And what does Jesus do? What do you do when your mercy gets rejected? Because as sure as I'm preaching this sermon to you this morning, you're going to walk out the door and you're going to show mercy to somebody and they're going to throw it right back in your face. Some of you that are listening to me today, you know what it's like to show mercy to someone and have them kick it right back to you. And when that happens, what do we want to do? We want to deck them We want to take them out. We want to say, I showed you mercy and you kicked it back at me. So I'm going to kick something back at you, but it ain't going to be mercy this time I'm going to kick back at you. What did Jesus do? He kept on showing mercy. He kept on showing mercy. He could condemn all of them just like that. As the old song says, he could have called 10,000 angels and wiped every last one of them off. But he kept on showing mercy. 
And three days later, when he walked out of the grave, he demonstrated that mercy is stronger than hatred. That mercy is greater than what you could ever expect. And in the book of Acts, chapter 6 and verse 7, it says that a great number of the priests believed on him. Now, this was about 50 days later. But a bunch of the people that stood at the cross yelling for his blood and kicked his mercy back in his face ended up accepting his mercy and coming to Christ. So what do you and I do when our mercy gets flushed down the toilet in front of us? We just go to God and get more mercy and continue to show it. Because God will take that mercy and he will use it to his glory. We don't understand how he's going to do it, but he will use it to his glory. Notice the second half of this verse. Jesus says, they shall receive mercy. If you show mercy, they shall receive mercy mercy. Does that mean that everybody's going to just rise up and call you and I blessed and just pour mercy out on us and come alongside of us and help us and walk with us? No. And when some of the people again you show mercy to, going to kick it right back in your face. But when Jesus said they shall receive mercy, that was his promise. He won't promise that on behalf of anybody else. So that's my promise. I will see to it that you get mercy. I will see to it that when you come along someone else, by someone else's life and you show compassion to them and you get down in the ditch with them and you play Good Samaritan to them, that when you come up out of the ditch, in fact, while you're in the ditch, it's going to be somebody in the ditch with you and that's going to be me. And when you come up out of the ditch, I'm going to be there and I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to make sure that you get the mercy that you need. Now, showing mercy is not just about an event of mercy or a moment of mercy, or choosing to be a nice person on any particular day. It is a commitment that we make of our lives to people who are in need. So what I want to challenge us with this morning is to say, Lord, would you show me the person that you are placing in my life today, maybe tomorrow, who needs mercy? Chances are God's already put that person in your life. You don't even need to go out of the auditorium today and meet somebody who needs it because chances are God's going to bring that person to your mind that needs mercy. Maybe the last person on the face of the earth you want to show mercy to, but God's already placed them in your life. You want to show mercy and say, God, show show me that. God, get me in touch with your resources to show that mercy. And Lord, help me to be willing to, To go the distance. And it will be a distance. But help me to be willing to go the distance. To show that mercy. Look on the screen. Mark was in hell. Until Eddie Green came into his life. And changed all that. Mark was very sick. You know, with post-traumatic stress syndrome, the first thing they start thinking about is what they did in that war. How many people they done killed. Sometimes I think I've made so many mistakes. When I'm laying in bed, I ask God to make sure I don't wake up. I don't want to see him die. 
I'm hoping that Mark can get out of the prison that he's in, in his own mind, and come back to life. For a while, I hated God more than anything on this planet. That kind of, that went away because I figured there's all kinds of people on this planet that are kind of like me, and he's helping them. Eddie is someone that I would do anything for if I could. Go to the bathroom and they call me when you get ready to brush your teeth, all right? He's done so much for me. If you consider that you're a gift of God to the other people in the world, there really is something spiritual that takes place when we give our life. It's just like a crystallization of the reality of what God feels for mankind. Just listen to Mark. Listen to him cry out, man. He, he became my brother. This is the way I look at other people. They are human beings. They're brothers and sisters no matter what. Somebody needs to reach out, give them compassion, and don't think loving somebody is weak. It is powerful. Love is the most powerful thing in the world. Let's pray. You are the means by which God is going to bring, wants to bring mercy to somebody's life. You are the means by which God wants to bring mercy to somebody's life. In a moment of silent prayer, let us ask God to show us that person that we need to bring mercy to. Father, help us to hear your Holy Spirit saying to us, that's the person that needs my mercy. God, help us to give it. All of us stand in need of his mercy, and he freely offers it to us. But we have to choose to accept it. While remaining in that ditch, when Jesus is in the ditch with us saying, hey, let me heal you and put you back together. In just a moment, we will sing. And as we do, if you are here and you need to reach out for God's mercy for you. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, never said to him, Lord, would you heal me? Would you forgive me? Would you put me back together? Jesus, I will follow you and serve you. I want to encourage you to do that as we sing, and I will be at the front. I'd love to pray with you about making that decision. If you sense that God is reaching out to you and you just need a fresh experience of his mercy, his forgiveness, his reaching out to you and you taking hold of him reaching out to you, let me encourage you to pray that out to him and do that as we sing.
the Lord speaking to you in any other capacity or leading you to become part of our church family, we invite you to come. Jesus, thank you that you have met us here today to extend your mercy to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Come if you will.